Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with Ailsa McDonald, a professional trail runner for Saucony based in Alberta, Canada. Ailsa is lining up for the Western States 100 this year after securing a golden ticket at Bandera 100K back in 2020. Before we get started, though, this episode of Single Track is brought to you by Soar Running. Soar Running, that's S-O-A-R Running, are a London-based high-performance running apparel brand. Why am I excited to partner with Soar? Well, if you're like me, you take pride in your running gear and you want the best. That's why I'm stoked about this brand. They are pushing the running apparel boundaries when it comes to producing gear that we care about, like wet and cold weather layers and racing kits. I'm also excited because they are finally moving into the trail running space. After years in the figurative lab, they have launched a trail-specific clothing line that I've had a chance to test. Specifically, their half-zip t-shirts, trail race vests, and trail shorts, all out on multi-hour runs in my backyard of the Wasatch Range. This apparel is the real deal. If you want help getting kitted out for your training and racing needs, Soar is offering us an exclusive 20% savings at SoarRunning.com. All you got to do is enter the code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout, but act fast. This code is only valid through June and July. I'm stoked, people, and I care about you all. I wouldn't be endorsing something if I didn't believe in it and use it myself, so go check out Soar Running when you get a chance. With that, let's get on with the show. Ailsa McDonald, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. This is the first time, yeah, that we're having you on this podcast, so I'd love to just learn a bit about your background, where you're based, what you do for work, how you got into ultras. Okay, well, I'm based in Cochrane, Alberta, so it's just outside of Calgary. Um, I work in, I work as a plant operator in the oil sands. Uh, my, my work is uh, two weeks on, two weeks off. It's camp-based, so... Um, for the two weeks I'm on shift, I live up in a re- remote location in northern Alberta. So it adds a very unique challenge to my uh, training regime. Um, but I've been doing that for 10 years, so I, uh, I've got it figured out now. As far as getting into ultras, um, it was kind of a gradual build. You know, I started um, in my early 20s as an Olympic distance triathlete and kind of progressed from there into the marathon and then um, half Ironman and full Ironman, which is where I kind of discovered my talent for endurance. Bit. And from there, I started to dabble into trail running and then it just kind of took off. Tell me a bit more about this plant operator job. Do you, do you, in, in the context of ultra running, do you, do you find that it has any benefits to your training, like this two week on, two week off schedule and, and long days? Like, is it a lot of time on feet? Maybe just talk about any benefits you see there. Oh yeah, it's it's, lot, it's a very physical job. Uh, lots of time on feet. It's shift work, so I do two weeks of nights and then two weeks of days. Um, it's twelve-hour shifts, so um, it's it's tiring. Um, I think that it does have a lot of advantages towards my training because um, I'm not. I, I train at different times of the day all the time. Um, I also eat and. Like I'm, I'm, my body's never in like a regular routine, which is kind of, kind of really ideal for ultras. It, it's, I'm very adaptable in that respect. So I yeah. think it's actually served me well. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, in a lot of ways, um, yeah, it's just interesting how work can be complementary to the training. Like for example, I, I sit at a desk all day and I find that I have to do a lot of stuff to warm up my body to get ready for like the demands of a long run or workout. Um, but in years past when I've been more on feet, um, 
there's just been that like natural transition to whatever the activity is for the day. So I don't know. I find that fascinating. Um, can you talk a bit about this background in triathlons and Ironmans as well? Because I think the multi-sport world is super cool. Obviously it allows you to, to train more each week compared to just exclusively ultra running. So maybe just talk a bit about that too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, primarily I was a triathlete. That's kind of what kicked off my whole career in sports. Um, growing up, I was always really big into cycling and running, not so much swimming. And I'm still really not that much into swimming, <laughs> but, um, but I do really love the cross training. And I think that's why I was so attracted to the sport in the first place. And I think it has served me well, cause I don't have to do like really high mileage and it keeps the impact down on the body and it keeps things interesting. And, um, I feel like I'm always in a, in a good head mind space because I'm not always training for the same thing. I can, there's a lot of variety in my training Yeah. and the swimming, even though I find it very challenging, um, it's really good recovery, um, exercise. So, and it's really easy on the body and yeah, so it's just been a, it's been a good variety. What made you ultimately want to pivot to a focus on, uh, ultra running? I just like to constantly change things up. I think, um, I trained for Ironman for quite a few years and, um, in probably like my second or third year training for Ironman, I discovered a local ultra golden ultra, um, which was a three day stage race. And that was kind of my first introduction to ultra running and trail running. And, um, I was just kind of going into it to see what it was all about. And I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I loved the course. I loved running in the mountains and I ended up doing really well. And it, it was just kind of a, you know, I kind of discovered that I had a, a bit of a talent for the sport. And so I just kind of kept going. It's cool. I'm, I'm always fascinated by the various ways you can enter into this sport. I mean, we've talked to people who've had success from a through hiking background, from a lacrosse background, from in your case, a triathlon background. It's, it's super cool. Um, pivoting here to Western States build up a little bit. I was scrolling through your Instagram and noticed you spend quite a bit of time in Arizona in addition to being based in Alberta. So uh, maybe talk about that situation and, and how that came to be. Um, well, my husband started working um, the same facility as me like back in 2016. And so when we got on the same schedule, we decided that we weren't going to spend any more winters in Canada because they're pretty harsh. <laughs> so we started traveling to Arizona on our, um, on our time off. So we would come back to Canada to do our two weeks since at work. And then we would go to Arizona to um, avoid the winter on our days. <laughs> and obviously this is uh, a great way to train specifically for Western States, because in your case, if you had to spend the winter in Alberta, for example, I would imagine there'd be some concern as to whether you can get like the requisite heat training you need and like specificity from like a being on trail standpoint, stuff like that. So does that kind of check a lot of boxes for you? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely get the heat training in, in Arizona. And uh, I probably could have done with staying down there a little bit longer because we're still having pretty crappy weather <laughs> up <Yeah>. here. <laughs> so I, as far as heat training, I haven't done a lot. Um, I have an infrared sauna at home, so I've been sitting in that. And hopefully oh, cool. that will help. Cool. Um, actually, what what like do you know the difference between like the, the wet saunas versus these infrareds? Like, is, is one better than the other, in your opinion? Um, I haven't really compared them, them okay. much, actually. I know that they're both really good for you, and there's a lot of health benefits. Um, yeah. I do prefer, um, actually, a steam sauna. 
because okay. I find it's like it's, it's nice, especially living in a dry climate. You get a little bit of moisture and humidity into your skin. Yeah, um, yeah. But the infrared sauna was actually like way more feasible for at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, super cool. I love that stuff. Um, okay, you are a veteran of Western states, so this is not your first rodeo. You were here in 2018. Can you talk about that experience and maybe any of the lessons you're taking from that race and applying to uh, to this time around? Yeah, for sure. Um, I did Western States in 2018 after winning a, a golden ticket at Black Canyon. Um, it was my second 100 miler. Um, so, and I went into it a little bit hot. <laughs> I went out too hard, blew up early and really fell apart. Okay. Um, so my goal this year is to have a better race than I did in, in 2018. So just pace myself and run my own race. Don't worry about what the crowds are doing. Just stay in the moment and, and focus on how my body's feeling. And If you're comparing like this block to the block in the build up to that race, do you think you're a better athlete at this point in time or like better trained for the sport, stuff like that? Mentally, absolutely. Uh, physically, I mean... I'm a little bit older now. Um, definitely recovery time takes a little bit longer now than it did a few years ago. Um, but I have had a good build. I feel physically strong. I definitely, I feel mentally stronger than I ever have. Yeah. And with the experience of hundred milers under my belt, I feel like I can really pull off a much smarter race than what I did. That seems like one of the awesome rewards of our sport that can only be earned with time. Like the longer you, you, you spend in the sport, um, there's just that like intangible factor that comes into play. That's really cool. Did you win a golden ticket in 2020 as well at Bandera? Is that how you got entry into this race? Yeah. And didn't want and didn't race in 2021 though? No, the border was still closed. Gotcha. Um, so we still had that two week of um, uh, isolation on the return. So it, it just wasn't feasible at the time to take that much time off work and they gave us the option of rolling our entry and it was just the, the smart thing to do. Yeah. Well, this block um, has looked interesting to me because you've done quite a bit of road work, it looks like, and even you've dabbled in triathlon again. So uh, mm -hmm. talk about um, what led to that decision, like why you built this block the way you did. Um, over the pandemic, I didn't really focus on speed work at all. <laughs> I did tons of training and I was doing lots of adventures in the mountains, but um, typically like my winter always has some sort of road worker or um, a marathon build just to get in some speed work. And I like the discipline of, of training for a marathon. Mm. And because I hadn't done speed work for so long, I thought it would be a good time to, to do that. I had lost a lot of speed. Um, I didn't have that, uh, that high cadence, you know, for the, for the, faster stuff and yeah. going into western states with this year with the competition i thought it would give me a nice confidence build to have a little to be a little bit faster what are your expectations for uh for the race are you, are you setting any goals for yourself or uh like thinking about like race strategy this time around like obviously you mentioned earlier that maybe you'll take a more conservative approach uh not go out as hot but anything else beyond that um yeah definitely definitely just to run a smarter and better race than i did in 2018 I would love to place in the top 10, whether that's a possibility or not. I don't know. Um, but still, I, I need to keep in the back of my head, head when I'm out there that I need to, to pace myself appropriately to the conditions and to the distance. Are you somebody that um, 
like is, is incredibly attracted to the race. And if you get the chance, you want to keep doing Western States year after year, or do you, are you someone that like kind of wants to run what you see as like a satisfactory race and then move on to some other challenge? Honestly, I didn't even want to run this for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was pretty happy with my finish in 2018, even yeah. though it, it, even though I blew up and, and had a like struggles on the back half. Yeah. I was really proud that I finished because it was it was probably my hardest fight yet when it came to any finish. Um, just keep moving when my legs were so sore and I was so worn down. Um, it wasn't the time or the placement that I had hoped for that year, but I was still very grateful that I finished. Mm. But my my husband and the other members of my crew were they wanted me to go back and and get redemption and and execute a better a better race so when i did bandera in 2020 i actually signed up about a month before i i told my crew i'm like okay well if you guys want me to do it i'll i'll go for the golden ticket at bandera um i don't care if i get it or not i was doing it as a training race that year for terawera so i just went in with like a super relaxed attitude which i tend to do better when i go in with that kind of attitude I, when my mind is at ease, I pace myself better and I just have a better day. So I ended up um, winning the golden ticket. So, so here we go again. I, hey, I think it's super cool. And uh, there's a special place in my heart for people that race their way in the hard way. And you've done it twice. I mean, you got it in 2018. You, you got it in 2020. It's super cool. Um, the last question that I have for you uh, what does your gear look like on race day? Like, what are you wearing for shoes? Do you have sponsors, stuff like that? Yeah, I'm sponsored by Saucony Canada. So I'll be wearing the Peregrine for the first probably 100K of the of the course. And then I'm going to switch to their new carbon shoe for the, for the latter half, where it's a little bit less technical and less downhill. Right on. How about like pack and stuff like that? I use a Solomon pack with bottles. Um, yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> Right on. Well, Elsa, it has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We're looking forward to following your race here in a couple days. And uh, yeah, best of luck. Thank you. Hey, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before you leave, if you are a new listener, I have a favor to ask. Could you leave a rating and review of this show in your podcast player? If you could, it would mean a lot to me because it helps more passionate trail runners like yourself discover this show. Regardless, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with many more interviews around Western States. Until then, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast. <laughs>